Welcome to another episode of Brothers Arguing Sports. I'm Zab. Across the Zoom is TD, and we also got Niles there. The question for today, who has been the biggest winner and the biggest loser of the NBA offseason so far? TD, why don't you go first? I think the biggest loser of the offseason, I think it's got to be the Golden State Warriors. They clearly had one problem this offseason, if you gauge by last year's playoffs. Had the Lakers taken down, they had a lack of size. So what they needed to upgrade was, a you know, they needed size, and they had the pool problem. The way they solved the Jordan pool problem was by adding an old, short guy. So I think they had an opportunity to upgrade and challenge next year the one chip they had, their only bargaining chip was Jordan Poole, a young guy that can get you 25 and five a game. That was their only thing they had in order to plug their holes and challenge Denver next year. And, the, and in my opinion, they flushed their one chip down the toilet to get a Chris Paul who has service to a team. But I would say his two main things are leadership and Passing, guard play, two things the Warriors absolutely don't need. Leadership they have in droves with Steph Clay, Draymond, and Kerr. And in point guard play, they got the best point guard in the world in Steph Curry. So I think the worst move of the offseason, although they got rid of pool, which was needed to clear the air, it's going from going with the Golden State Warriors. I'm agreeing with you 100% TD. They're worse losing Jordan Poole and adding Chris Paul. Two years ago, they won the title. Poole's a huge part of it. And you're right. They needed to get younger, not older. So, Niles, do you agree with us? Biggest loser, the Warriors? I'm going to disagree. Um, and that's because I don't think the Warriors have really lost from this trade exactly. I think they they lose some electric scoring, but I think it clears up space. Um with him coming off the – with at least the, the contract of Jordan Poole coming off the, the books, you're going to be able to yeah, but no, gain more Chris experience. Paul, by getting- Chris Paul is making close to $30 million a year as well. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, creating that, uh, that room to, to, to build shooting around the roster with Chris Paul and, and, and Steph Curry there. Um, Yes, they're going to be a little bit capped financially, but I think they have they have the star power there. I think you get more veteran leadership. Adding Chris Paul, I think Jordan Poole was not really like a fit in the system there. Um, he struggled in the playoffs. Uh, he had his moments, but I think he's like his lack of defensive ability really hurts Golden State's ability to to to. But maneuver. Niles, who's, I agree. Chris, Paul, Chris Paul but, stopping on the perimeter. He's not a defender at this stage of his career. He's a better defender than Poole. What, what you, you, you honestly think the Warriors are better with Chris Paul than Jordan Poole? I think so. I think you can. it allows Steph Curry to efficiently get off the ball. And the off-Steph minutes last year, when they were given to Jordan Poole, he showed that he wasn't able to handle them at a, at a, at a high-volume rate. And that's kind of what you need when Steph is on the bench. You need a guy that can make his teammates better, who can shoot the ball effectively? Jordan Poole is like when it, he's at his best, he looks like like a young like a little Steph Curry, but like it's not 
consistent enough to really rely on him every, each and every night, as we saw last year in the spurts in the playoffs when guy when guard when guys were focusing all on Steph and Clay, he had a little run. But you can't rely on that for a full season. Chris Paul doesn't I need agree. to play every game, but he allows Steph to be off the ball more. I, I agree with you there. I agree with that point, especially when what even when Steph is on the bench, he's going to be a little bit of an upgrade there, but. They don't need my point is they need no, guys. Not, not, they did upgrade. They did upgrade the second unit. Yes, I agree. That, with that. that is an upgrade. And it was a huge weakness last year. I, I agree with that. Because where Chris Paul is going to be, and he's going yeah. to be that running, they're going to stagger Chris Paul and Steph's minutes. So when Steph is off the floor, they still have an elite playmaker that can get great shots. Jordan yes, Poole no, is no, not a that, guard that can get everybody else great shots. And that's part of the Warrior system. He was a ball stopper, and he was kind of for himself. And offense was the only thing he no, was very yes, solid no, at. No, listen, I agree. I agree with that. Their non-Steph minutes were a huge weakness last year, and now they will be better. But how many minutes are the non-Steph minutes? And You want to make it a little bit more as no, he gets older. No, you don't. So. You want as much Steph as possible. <laughs> you want He's to minimize. You want to minimize the non-Steph minutes. But no, where I agree that they're better now with Steph on the bench, what they lose massively, and this is what X alluded to, in my opinion, you, the Warriors, do not have enough scoring without Jordan Poole's electric 25. You, they absolutely needed those 25 when they won the title last year. Yeah, they absolutely needed those 25. And we even like even we saw with this year, you absolutely need Clay's 25 to 30. When Clay doesn't give you 25 to 30, like this game six, everyone's like, all right, game six Clay, and he only gave you 12. They folded. They need every point they can get. All the championship years, KD was throwing in 25, 30 with Steph's 30, with Clay's 23. When Katie left, you had Poole throwing in 25. Now there's a major points vacuum that's, listen, Steph will give you his 30, 28, 33. Clay will have a good game, give you 23-something. Wiggins will give you – you need that extra points that are just Chris Paul simply cannot fill. And your one chip was Poole, and you flushed it, and you didn't replace the scoring. So where you did fill the anti – uh, Steph minutes, which was needed, and they'll be better. You still need those twenty-five points that Poole gave you in, the, in his run two years ago, and also Niles, Paul, Chris Paul's only get Poole's twenty-three going on twenty-four. Chris Paul's thirty-eight going on thirty-nine, and he gets hurt every postseason. You can't just ignore that yeah. as well. He's just not – you don't have to rely on him as much as you, as you need to. It's like scoring's not the problem with Golden State. They're going to have enough offense. Jordan Poole was only asked to do that because Clay struggled and because Wiggins struggled – like was, wasn't healthy for much of the year. Clay is going to be back. I expect him to be more efficient next year and better shots, and that comes with Andrew Wiggins being healthy. As we've seen, like I feel like Andrew Wiggins has kind of been ignored in all of this. He's the most – like he's turning into their second most important guy on the team. If I not hope. the third, more than yeah. Listen, dude, I hope I want when he's off the floor. Like Clay, Clay is not 
Clay wasn't fully back from his injury enough to carry the load and the value of Andrew Wiggins like he was before Wiggins and Kevin Durant arrived. But now Clay Thompson is old. Clay's old Wiggins as well. Is Clay's old as well. Wiggins is still in Wiggins, Wiggins is still I in agree. But I think they need to, the whole thing with the Warriors is we know the big three: Draymond, Steph, and Clay. And you want them in big crunch time, but you need guys to fill in younger guys to take more of the load. That's what Paul was. That's why they won two years ago. Chris Paul's Jonathan Kaminga. Everybody's been talking about Jonathan Kaminga's growth spurt. I think his game is also going to take a leap. He could fill right in as that scoring punch. Chris Paul is just there. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes off the bench. Starting Kaminga and Draymond or starting Looney and Draymond. Um, that can be a possibility, but I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Paul is just that guy that comes in, Sean Livingston wise, runs the offense in the second unit. Like, we agree with that. I really wouldn't be surprised because if if you want to keep Chris Paul healthy, you got to play him less minutes. And if Chris Paul wants to do that and stagger minutes with Steph, like I can see. Oh that yeah, happening. I mean that's. I mean I I think I think it's understood he's Steph's backup. Yeah. I don't think anyone yeah. expects him to start. But you just gave like, up a twenty-three to twenty-four-year-old. Big time protect guy who really played a key role in your championship run. All right, so Niles, if you don't think it's that move, what do you think? Who do you think is the biggest loser if you don't think it's the Warriors this offseason so far? Yeah, well, I've been I, I've just been reading a lot about them lately ever since they just made this trade, and um, I've been, they've been rumblings about them all season. People kind of like they're the, the most average team in the league in my opinion, and that's the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I believe they're trade trading. Uh, John Collins kind of opens up their their floodgates as to thinking anything could happen there. I feel like DeAndre Hunter's been talked in trades. Clint Capella's been available. They've even gone as far as saying Trey Young's available. So my question is, who are they building around over there? What are they doing? And do they think the East is hard is too hard to where they like they're not just like they're just giving up? Because I don't know if Trey Young and Deontay Murray worked well together. I never saw one game where it was like, okay, yes, that works. Both of them can play together. One of them has played well and the other one struggled. And so I think the Hawks have been the biggest loser because I believe the John Collins trade was kind of the start of things kind of going downward. What was uh, – Niles, what, what were Collins' numbers last year? How, like, how big a cog was he in the, in the Hawks system? Well, I know what he does well. He's a solid corner three-point shooter. He's a great pick-and-roll player with Trey Young, as we've seen. Great at finishing around the rim. He can be a little streaky defensively, but he's a solid rebounder and a solid playmaker. And I think what he did could they get? What did they get for him? Uh, they got Rudy, Rudy Gay and a second-round pick, and then they got a, a crap ton of money in, in trade exception. But um, – it frees the Atlanta Hawks to go out and, and go for a star. And potentially in that deal could be any one of the three of Deontay Murray, Trey Young, or uh, Clint Capella, or DeAndre Hunter. But let me just give you John Collins. It was 13 points a game, uh, 50% from the field goal, but only 29% from three. So, how, yeah. so how, how, how many minutes did he play? He played 30 minutes a game, so he's a cog in the rotation. Oh. 25 years old. I mean, when oh. I when I, when I watch, they, like the, they like to go small at the end of games. They like to go with Bogdanovich, Hunter, and um, Capella as the forwards, along with Murray and uh, uh, Young. 
Okay. All right. So, so we, I think it's it's inconclusive though, because do we know that's all their offseason moves, or are they gearing up for another one? No, it just doesn't look like they're going to be able to really draw in. Like if they're if that's this if that's what they're. I mean, they have money to to spend for it. Like, and they have Listen. guys that they, like they have tradable. But will I'm, they bring in I'm a star? Hopeful. And what I'm do you think with the the Murray? And, but I mean, I don't, I don't know about Murray. It's... Murray and Trey Young adding a third star with that, like you have to see, is that going to work out? Like we really didn't see those two work out. So adding a third star may not be the thing that is like what they want to do, but it has to be the right player. It has to be the right player. You know, I, I'm still hopeful on the Hawks because I'd be down on them if they got rid of one of, I guess what I see is the big three, which is, is obviously Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, and I think Capella's the third wheel. He's the dude getting the boards. Yeah. So the way I see it, they're still an intact team. They still have their three quote unquote best players. And listen, if this is an all if this is the move, uh, I don't think they're sinking. I don't think they're sinking losing him. I think they still have their big three. And now you say they have money. Uh, watch out for the Hawks. I I, I think they can compete. All right, let's move on. Um, Biggest winners of the NBA offseason so far. TD, who do you, who do you go with? Uh, Why don't you, you guys go first. I want to piggyback off you. All right. Well, for me, it's the Boston Celtics because listen, they've, they've had, you know, they went to the finals Two years ago, they lost in the Eastern Conference last year. But what I like about the move is, number one, I feel like you need to mix things up. They've been the same team for many years, and they needed to make a move. All right? Marcus Smart, I know how tough he is. Defensive player of the year. I understand all these strengths, but you have to mix it up. And you're getting KP, Chris Haps Porzingis, who last year had his best season of his career. He was third in the NBA in terms of field goal defense. And with Horford and with um, Robert Williams III, both getting older, you're giving a big man as well. So you're getting size, you're getting defense, and he's a better scorer and shooter than Marcus Smart. So I like the move. It's the number one. I feel like you have to mix things up if you're the Celtics. You can't just run back the same team year after year after year. We've already talked about how you have to give the max to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So unfortunately, Marcus Smart, you got to get rid of him. His offensive numbers aren't very good. KPs are much better. Yes, you're losing a former defensive player of the year, but you're getting a player who's great at defense in KP. And it's size. It's size. And size is so key in the NBA. So that's my biggest winner um, of the offseason. What about you, Niles? So I just want to address the Celtics for a second. Um, I'm not in love with the trade. Um, I feel like it doesn't address exactly – it doesn't – it does – I don't think – I don't feel like Porzingis is really going to be able to fit in. I think – I don't think it's what he's looking for. I think he's more of a guy who needs the ball in his hands a little bit, needs touches. And my thinking on that in his role with Boston, it kind of clogs up the front court because you already have Robert Williams locked up. 
They like to play small ball where Tatum's at the four, Brown's at the three. My thing is it doesn't attack exactly their need because I believe they're already a great and elite defensive team with their scheme of things with having forwards. I guess it, it gives you more depth at the, at the center spot. So you can start Horford and Porzingis bring Williams off the bench. So I see that working out. But my thing is the Celtics traded a point guard for another big, and they already have bigs kind of locked up on the roster. And my problem with them has always been offensive execution. I was kind of shocked to see Marcus Smart get parted away, but I get what you need to do. I like the fit with him in, in Memphis um, with the young guys there. Uh, I think it's exactly what they need. But um, for Boston, I believe they've I've always been screaming for them like to get a quality like playmaking point guard, and they've struggled to find that ever since Rondo's left and Isaiah Thomas, like they, have, they need the guy, they need the guy that, who can get great shots for Tatum and Brown. The offense is going to run through those guys. Kristaps Porzingis at this point is just a shot blocker and a spot up shooter. And I'm not sure if that's exactly what he wanted, because if he wanted that, he would have stayed in Dallas. So that's why I'm kind of concerned about that trade a little bit and the offensive organization, but you need a point guard in Boston. I, I, I think that's Yeah. They definitely need a playmaker. That's still not to be addressed. But KP's going to get you some rebounds. And yeah. Williams, you talked about Williams the third. He, he gets hurt a lot, too. In my opinion, you could never have enough big men. Seven-footers who could rebound and block. Agreed. That's why, like, so, so, Niles, who's your biggest winner, then, if it's not the Celtics? Hmm. My biggest winner, I think, is going to be – I think I really like what Phoenix did with the Bradley Beal trade. Um, I think we're kind of undervaluing. I think just the motion in that offense, I think they're, they're going to figure it out. Like all three of those guys, those star players can facilitate the ball. My big worry, and, and if anything, is just like the thing with DeAndre Ayton, if they're going to trade him, if they're going to keep him, it kind of affects how they're going to build the roster around them. Because I think they're going to find, they're going to find forwards and wings and defenders and shooters that are going to want to play with them. As long as their owner is willing to spend a little bit, they're not like, they're not pressed against the hard cap. Although they're paying those three Niles, guys, like they have forty-six million, they're playing Bradley Beal this year. Forty-two yeah. million to KD, thirty-one to Devin Booker. They're putting all their money, they're putting a lot of money. Guys. Those guys. But yeah, I, well, Zav, 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 it's a Lakers situation. Zav, who do you think was the better team last season, Xavier? The Suns or the Celtics? Who do you think was the better team? 100% the, the Celtics. You think the Celts were better than the Suns last year? Remember, I picked both of them to go to the finals, but I just think the Suns, remember Chris Paul got hurt in the postseason? Look at KD's history. These guys get hurt all the time. That's why okay. I don't think the Suns. So you think if they kept the teams the same as last okay. year, you think the Celtics would be the better team this year? Yeah. See, I think... They were kind of even last year, but I think the Suns got better with the Beal trade than the Celtics got with the KP trade because the Suns didn't lose much from what they already had before the Beal trade. Before the Beal trade, what did they have? They had Aiton, they had KD, uh, and they had Devin Booker, and then they had no one else, pretty much. Now they have uh, Aiton, KD, um, Booker, 
and Bradley Beal and no one else. You need- so I think they improved more than the Celtics improved because the Celtics, yes, they got KP. But they also lost Marcus Smart, who was a key cog in the last year's Celtics. So I actually think, based on the two, I think the Suns improved more than the Celtics did. And also because they got a good coach as well. They brought in Vogel, who's a defense rebound guard, the three guy. And in today's, that's kind of Vogel's, Vogel's MO is guard the three and gang rebound. But you, you're, they don't have a team though. They don't have a team. I think Vogel's more of a Vogel's more of a drop coverage guy. I think he he uses his he utilizes his big as a great defender. Well, I think that's DeAndre good because that, he wants to bind to that role. We've seen what he did with Anthony well, Davis. We've seen what he did with well, Ray Hibbert. I just Vogel I, does a heavy drop defense coach. So I think if he can get that out of eight, that, that offense is going to be fine. Guys, let me ask you a couple of questions. Did you watch the Suns against the Nuggets? Yeah. Jokic destroyed them. Destroyed them. They have nobody to guard. Aiden got destroyed by Jokic. They have no depth. Okay, stop. Okay, stop. Stop. Listen Listen to this, though. How many games did the Suns get off Denver? They got Two. 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 Okay. Now, the Heat beat your Celtics. Yeah. And they only got one game off Denver. Yep. So you know by they that, got two games. They got two games. Let me, I wrote it down. Because they have the firepower that Boston or Miami doesn't. Yeah, but they also got 19 from Landry Shamit. He's gone now. He's gone. <laughs> you have no bench right now. You have none. They, they, have a, they won another game. All right. When um, Booker scored 47 and KD 39. Listen, KD, the last. The last time KD has played more than 55 minutes a game was in 2000 was the year he got hurt before his big surgery with the with the Warriors. He gets hurt every I will year. Say, with Beal now he can he can settle into that spot up shooting role. I think he like it's not like they don't have shooting. They need like 3 and D wings to fill the rest of the roster, a backup point guard. I think Booker can run point guard, but Booker How many games I mean, Bradley Beal played last year? I mean, but, yeah, he's had his injury, no, but the, well, you have, now the, you have he gets three injured, guys who get hurt, or two of them who get hurt all the time. You don't have a team. You're, you have three guys earning 46, 31, 42 million, and you have nobody else. Except well, for, yeah, let's well, see what happens. Well, now it's on what happens with free agency on Friday will determine that. They have no money yeah. for what free agency, Niles. They have no money. It's a terribly put together team. At least the Celtics. Every year they're going to the finals or the Western Conference finals. Zop, the Celtics are a flawed team. They are. They clearly, I don't think, Zop, they were terrible all postseason. Everyone knows it. They were a mess, Zop. And I think Kristaps Porzingis, the journeyman, the, the, the locker room cancer, while on paper he might look good, at the end of the day, Zop, there's a reason Knicks fans hated him. There's a reason Mavs fans hated him. There's a reason why he bounces around teams. Yeah, but he's so, just one piece. You've still got Williams. You've still got um, – who's the, the big man, the three-point shooter? 
Yeah, Horford. No, it's not. Horford, you got I him. agree. I agree. Sixth but man of the year. I agree. They have great they talent. Got you got two but scorers. But they gave a roster. No, it's up. I loved the KP trade when Brogdon was the one getting traded. That I love. Losing smart, you know, you look at these teams. The one thing Boston did at an elite level was defend. They had Robin Williams III, who's an elite, elite uh, rim blocker. You had Marcus Smart, who's an elite defender, DPOY. Now you take that away. So I was always a little worried about the Celtics. I love it on paper, but there's part of you that says, oh, man, KP. It's that they lost, Zab, it's that they lost Marcus Smart, and they kept Missoula, who's just, you know, the jury's out on him. You would and rather have the Suns roster than the Celtics roster. Well, well that's the thing. Uh, Come I don't on. Like, to be honest, you guys Zab, are nuts. Zab, I don't like I either no. team. Zab, I don't like either team, but I think the Suns got better without a doubt because they added a great player and lost no one. Do I like them? Not, not necessarily. But the Celtics offseason move, Yes, they got a player, but they lost Marcus Smart. The Suns lost no one and a good coach. So I give the who made the better offseason move, I give it to the Suns because they definitely improved. Whereas the Celtics, we don't know if they definitely improved. Niles, who would you rather take, the Celtics roster or the Suns roster? Well, that's a different question in my opinion. Just just interest in your answer. Just interest in your answer. Yeah. Yeah. Like in terms of the best or better no, roster, no, what's your Boston answer? Who would you, who would you take? Like, I'd say Boston because I feel like their roster is more together. We don't know what Phoenix is going to do, but they have to move more things around to make a great, great roster. I, I agree. Think, in my I opinion, agree. if they do, I think if they trade, if they trade DeAndre Ayton, I think they can use that money to get out a quality rim protector and fill out the rest of the roster with wings because they're paying Ayton a lot of money too. Who wants this, this swap for Beal and Paul? They're with Paul and Beal, they're making the same amount of money. So I feel like that swap doesn't really make it more expensive for them or harder to p- pick up other wings. They're going to find wings that are going to want to sacrifice money. Tory Craig's still on the roster. They're going to find wings that want to play with guys like Booker, Durant, and, and Bradley Beal. If you trade uh, Aiton off the roster because he doesn't want to play this role, you have money to spend to get quality defensive players and shooting around them to build a great team. But as for right now, better roster... Yeah, I, I think I don't think they're a hard capped like before when they had Chris Paul on the roster. We weren't talking about their financials. Beal and Paul were making same same type of money, so Beal that's why I say like it's not like million. Paul's twenty eight million Niles, and at least Paul For this year. Um, it was either this year or last year. Twenty eight million. I'm I'm pretty sure okay. for the year coming up, twenty eight million. Beal's forty six million, and my point is Beal's a it score. Is a lot. Beal's a scorer. Yeah. Booker's a scorer. KD's a scorer. To me, you have three guys. Yeah. It's similar to Tell the top. You got to listen to what Niles is saying. We saw Booker last year. Play. We saw Booker last year play point guard. By the way, you yeah, no, but, pretty well. No, but Zob, you got to listen to what Niles is saying. The book is not closed on the Suns off season. I don't think Zob. I don't think they're going to go beat the Nuggets now that they got um, Beal, but. They have – it's a huge thing lies on the GM right now. 
he can make Zab, like Zab, like look at the Lakers. They were nobodies last year. The GM made a few tweaks, a few tweaks, brought in a few guys, and look how it changed them. Yeah, because you had that core to build around. I think the Suns, with this core, with a few moves, you find a no-name Landry Shamit who can hit it. You know, it's not my job. But the GM, I think, has room to work with. I think the Celtics, uh, Yeah, but I, I think as is, yeah, the, the Suns roster is just not enough. But there is still, the offseason is not over yet. And yeah, they you, could make some you, moves. It's a better no, individual no. move. It's the what if they individual. go get hey, what if they go get Dwight Howard from Taiwan? If what he, if they add Dwight Howard to he's that? He's gonna have to I agree, but he's a minimum. They don't have much they're gonna God, have to pay someone the minimum. Get, that's all he'll he'll be Zob, he, he no one wanted him in the NBA last year. No one wanted him, so Listen, he'll happily come for a million. I agree with you if there's still moves to be made, but I'm asking this question as of today. Obviously, these teams, yeah. these, but as Your of today, was, what was the better offseason move? Who, yeah, what was the, the biggest best? winners and losers? Well, I think it's the Suns because they didn't get worse, clearly, whereas the Celtics could have gotten worse. To me, they could have gotten worse by losing Smart. He's your main locker room guy. Now, all of a sudden, you're relying on Tatum and Brown to be the leaders of the team who don't even like each other and are both flaky leaders. You know, I agree with that, but you had to change up the dynamics. You had to change up the dynamic. I agree. They hit a stalemate, but they could have gotten worse. But I think the Suns, I don't think the Suns are world beaters either, but they definitely got better. There's no doubt they're better adding Vogel and a Bradley Beal against having Monty Williams and Chris Paul. Like you said, you know, I think, do I think they're the finished package? No, I was Mr. Anti-Suns, but I think they're a better team than they were last year, more than the Celtics were better than they were last year. With Aiton, he's making $33 million next year. So if you trade that $33 million off the books, you have plenty of money he's to spend He's taking Aiden in that contract. Who <laughs> on earth will take that attitude, you know that contract? This uh, is a number one pick. If you want to build a team around a senator, I don't know exactly off the top of my head. You're not building a team around John Dre Aiden. Come on, Listen, Come he on. is an asset, though. Zob, he's a 17 and 11, young, seven-foot number one pick. Trust 20 and 12 me, at his best. Yeah, there is a market. There is a market for that. And Vogel, by the way, and that contract. Zop Vogel loves big men. How good was he with Roy Hibbert and the Pacers? Zop, how good was he? How this good is all about fitting a role. Roy Hibbert is it had the mentality? How good? Zop, about that brain. Zop, how good was he with Anthony Davis in the bubble? He won a ring with him. I like Vogel. I like Vogel too. Would All you right, do for, One thing sorry, I cannot but... forgive Aiton for. He showed up to that playoff game. Did you see what he was wearing? He had an Eddie Murphy head-to-toe black leather suit on. He had sunglasses, and he scored two points that game. That is a huge worry. That is a huge worry. You don't. Anyone that's ever won a ring or you can build around does not do that. You don't show up in an Eddie Murphy raw suit and score two points. That shows he just doesn't get it and that he's on planet Pluto 
along with Ben Simmons, you know, on the sidelines with his sunglasses on. But, All right. You know, let's see what Vogel can do. All right, guys, good stuff. Still, you're right. The offseason's not finished, but um, that's where we are right now. All right, guys, see you later. All right, boys. All right.